Ephesians chapter 6, we are in the last chapter of the book, winding down quickly. Tonight we're going to talk about another uh, relationship within the church, children and parents, we find that in the church, uh, as it pertains to submission. So how should the Christian walk through this dirty world and not get stained so that Christ can present us to himself, um, not having spot or wrinkle, any such thing? Right? He has redeemed us. He has made us without spot and wrinkle. He's changed you and me and given us righteousness. Isn't that a great thought, Christian, that we're saved? And so because of that truth, this is how we should walk. Because He's washed us, church. And so let's live in obedience and submission. And tonight, we're going to talk about how children and parents should relate in this matter of submission. I'll, pr I'll read verses 1 through 4, and then let's pray. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. The Bible says this, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would be glorified, that you would give me strength, that you would give me clarity of thought, that the Holy Spirit would have his way tonight in our homes. And Father, I pray that if we're a child, we would long to obey and honor our parents as you've commanded us. And if we're a mother or a father tonight, I pray that we would be in submission to the Spirit's leading as we raise our uh, children, give us wisdom and skill. Lord, give us insight into this matter of child-rearing. Father, I ask that tonight you would help us so that our homes would be places where Jesus is lifted up, where Christ's love and truth is evident and uh, it guides the way we treat one another. Lord, may the world look at our homes and be drawn through the light. Help us not to get in the way or to squelch our light, Lord. Help us to live in such a way that the Holy Spirit has His way like a fire burning bright. Others may see and be drawn. Help us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so last week we talked about husbands and wives. We got that all nailed down. Uh, and now we're moving on to children and parents. And as a believer in Jesus Christ, He has called us all to obey one another, to submit to one another. There are times when I or um, Pastor Barbara or a staff member will submit to any other church member in a certain matter. That individual might be over a ministry, and if we're helping with the ministry, they're the leading at the moment, they have maybe more skill, more education in that, in that realm, and so we're going to submit to that. And there are other times when um, you're in a ministry where the pastor is leading that particular ministry, and we would submit to him, etc. So that's the way it is in life. We submit to one another. Nobody is without checks and balances. Vladimir Putin may think he is, uh, but he has someone over him God raises up kings, takes them down. You pray for that situation. Um, let no man think that there ain't no authority over me. 
Because we always need to be in submission. And that's the way life works best. When we're in submission one to another. That's God's plan. And so you need Holy Spirit wisdom to know when is the time to take up the reins and lead. And when is it time for me to submit. So, children, if you're a child, this is for you tonight. Okay, so pay attention, all you children. All right? Lend me your ears, please. And give God your heart tonight. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Now, if you looked up in the Greek, and Dr. John Van Gelderen would correct me if I'm wrong, it's in the dative case, in the Lord, and it's, a, I think, a dative of means. What in the world does that mean? Well, we're to obey, and how do we obey? By means of our relationship with Christ. By means of abiding in Jesus. Because, folks, we can't obey unless we do that, Right? So we can't uh, muscle up obedience and reverence and respect. Uh, it's superficial. It's hypocritical. Walk with the Lord Jesus in the light of His Word. Submit to Him. Abide in the vine, you branches. His life will flow through you. You'll experience the abundant life. And it will be natural for the Christian, specifically the child, to be in obedience to their parent. I hope that helps. So, children, are you struggling to obey your mom and your dad? Well, get in Jesus. And what I mean by that is, A, make sure that you're saved. Okay, and the gospel is that Jesus died for sinners because our sin was separating us from God and the, the just punishment for our sin is eternity, eternity in hell forever separated from God. But Jesus took that punishment on the cross he paid it in full. It is finished, he said. He was buried, he rose again, and he is alive. Death has no more dominion over him. And so because he's alive, he can save you when you say, that's what I need. I need forgiveness. I need salvation. Lord Jesus, will you? Because I can't do it myself. And he says, yes, I will. So he saves you and he gives you life. He's not dead anymore and you don't have to live in death. You can walk in life. Newness of life, abundant life, joyful life, fruitful life as you abide in Him. And a part of that abundant life is obedience. That is what the fruitful Christian life looks like. And so children, are you struggling with obeying your parents? Well then seek to be in submission to the Word and abiding in His love, abiding in His Word, His Word abiding in you. And abide in Jesus, reference 1 John and John chapters 14 to 17. Abide in Jesus and you'll be helped because you obey how in the Lord. He's our strength. He's our power. He's our motivation. He is our purpose and our end. So when we do what we do in the Lord, it makes it a little bit more um, doable. Okay? So do what you do in the Lord, children. And just like we said, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. You're looking not necessarily at your husband, but you're looking ahead to Jesus. And when you submit to your husband, you're submitting to Jesus. It's for Him. And again, I hope that your opinion of your husband is a good one, but even if it's not, you can submit. God gives you the ability, Christian, because you're doing it for Jesus and in Jesus. Same thing with you children. You obey your parents because you're doing it as unto the Lord. And you do it in the Lord. 
That's how we operate. That's the sphere in which the Christian should walk and operate and live and war. All those things that the Christian does, we do it in the Lord. Okay, tuck that one away. Dative of means. There you go. You learned some Greek tonight. So we do it, children. We obey our parents in the Lord. Why? Because this is right. It's the right thing to do. It's the natural order of the universe. Right? When you go to Walmart or Target or wherever it may be, and you see a little three-year-old bossing their mom around and she's obeying, isn't there something just like, uh, just kind of gets you in a bind about that? Doesn't that rub you wrong? When the, when the child is, is dictating how the home is going to be run? It bothers me because it's not natural. It's not right. God said, children, you obey your parents. This is the natural order of things. And I hope, children, that your heart's desire is to do right. Which queen was it that said, I will be good, Victoria? I will be good? I will do right? What was it she said? Remind me. All you history students. <laughs> we ought to want to do the right thing and be good because it's the right thing to do. And the Christian has more motivation to do the right thing because we know that doing right is, it pleases God, our Father, and remember who we are. Remember chapter 5. He says, Be therefore followers of God as what? Dear children, you are a child of God, so act like it. And it's in your nature, child of God, to do right. That's what God created you to do. That's what God changed you and redeemed you to do. And he says, walk as children of light because you are a child of light. And if we walk in darkness and disobedience and that which is not right, we're hiding that light we're not acting in our nature, as it were, as children of light and children of God. And the world can't see us shine. And, and it's, it's distorting to them. How many of you enjoy driving at night? I don't like it. I used to be able to do it fine, and I'm young, but still, it's like sometimes when I'm driving at night, especially if I'm at all tired, it's disorienting to me. I'm driving and you got these bright lights coming and especially if it's rainy or snowy, it can be kind of scary. And especially when that guy has, you know, that big truck with the big LED lights and you're like flashing them and he goes, they aren't, they, aren't, they aren't even my high beams. And he goes, these are my high beams, you know. Ah. You know, you get a little tan from their lights, whatever. It, when when that, those lights are in your eyes and maybe the, the, oh, ask Brother Suresh and Larry. When we went to that counseling thing um, a year or two ago, I was driving my old blue pickup truck. And there must have been a film on the windshield. And it was just a little bit rainy. And it, it was very disorienting. And my windshield wipers are going as fast as they can. I couldn't see. Everything was a blur. The light was there, but it was distorted. And if anything, it made it worse. And when the light of the church is distorted and mixed with the world's grime, it's confusing. And we're going to lead people away and astray. And so 
I, I, call, I, I think I text him and said, I got to get off. I can't see from anything. So we get off on the exit, and I'm going to pull left into this uh, hotel, and I didn't see the median. I mean, it's probably about this high off the ground, and boom, I mean, I broke the bottom of my truck pretty bad. Thank the Lord we made it there and back, but that scared me. I mean, I thought, I'm going to die. I didn't break my truck. We stranded out here um, because I was disoriented by the light that wasn't clear. And Christian, we got to do what's right. Because if our light is distorted, we're confusing the world. And they're going to hit the median into the ditch. So let your light shine. How do we do that? Children, you let your light shine by being in obedience to your parents. And when, when they see the natural and right order in the home, the world goes, oh, that's clear. Yeah, that, that makes sense. It's good. And they kind of wonder, how do those parents do that, right? And children, we do it in the Lord, and hopefully our children are saved, walking with God. Sarah and I prayed before we ever even had children, Lord, we don't want a child unless that child is saved and serving. And only God can do that, because I can't save a child. And I certainly can't force them to serve, so God's got to do that work, and I'm trusting Him for that but I want to be in cooperation. And, and children, know this, that your parents love you more than you will ever know. Maybe the day you become a parent, then you'll understand. When I held my daughter for the first time in my hands, something went off in my head that, like, oh, I get how my parents feel. I get why they protected me so much. I get why they X, Y, and Z. Your parents love you, children, and they want what is best for you. So do, do them a favor. Obey them. Too often we think that we know better than the guy over us, don't we? We get, a, we get a, 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 an order handed down, we get a command, and we think, this is silly, this is dumb, this doesn't make any sense. Oh, those, those parents, they're so old, they don't even know how to, you know get on the iPad and navigate and everything, etc. Just like you young generations can get around on the iPad and, and all the apps and TikTok or whatever. I hope you're not on TikTok. I guess it's not a great one. Whatever you're doing, as savvy are you, as you are with those programs and apps and online, know this, that your parents are that kind of savvy with life. Because they've been at it way longer than you have. So I might go to a young person and say, hey, show me how to do this on the computer. Because you've spent a lot of time, probably too much time, you were born with, a, with an iPod in your hand kind of thing, right? I mean, you, just, you know it. You can just navigate. Well, hey, children, your parents have been at this thing called life a whole lot longer than you have. So trust them and honor them, and obey them, and do it in the Lord, and it'll be well with you. Look at verse 2. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Does anybody know where this verse comes from? It's almost a direct quote. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. Does anybody know where that is? Exodus 20. Verse 12, 
pastor gets the prize. See me afterward. Uh, good. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12. Is it the first commandment? No. But it's the first commandment with what? With promise. And what's the promise? The promise is that it may be well with thee and that thou mayest live long on the earth. Now, I have preached this before and there's two principles here that are in play. What I call natural consequences and divine consequences. Okay? If you obey your parents' children, the natural consequences are that you'll probably live longer. Okay? Dad says, son, there's a Mack truck coming. Get out of the road. Now, you know, there he goes, right? Your life will be shortened if you don't obey your dad. Okay, so that's the natural consequences. Again, they're more savvy at life than you are. They know that getting hit by a Mack truck hurts, okay? Most people don't live past that. They know that stoves are hot. They know uh, that... You know, stealing has consequences. They know that cheating has consequences. They know much more than we as children inexperienced at life do. So when you obey your mom and your dad, the natural consequence of the thing is that it's going to go well. It's, and, and your life is going to be longer. Okay? Son, don't eat that mushroom. It is a toadstool. Oh, dad, stop bossing me around. You don't know nothing. No, really, please don't eat that, right? And they care about you, children. They love you. They want what is best for you. The lie that Satan gave Eve in the Garden of Eden was that God doesn't care about you. He doesn't want what is best for you. So you decide what is good and what is evil. Oh, take the fruit and eat it. God's holding back from you. And when you eat that fruit, boy, your eyes will be open. You'll be like God. You'll understand and God said, I want to give you what is good. There's nothing evil in this universe, don't, in the creation that he made. And I'll protect you and, and give you what you need and sustain you, etc. So obey him, obey your parents, because it's right, it's the natural order of things. It honors God. We ought to want to do right because that's our nature as God's children. And... When we do that, it goes well. It really does. And there are times when I don't reveal to my child everything. Sometimes my wife and I will plan a fun activity. And we'll say, don't tell the kids yet. Okay? So we're planning to go to, I don't know, some Dairy Queen. And then we're going to go to Grandma and Grandpa's house. I mean, there's nothing better than that, right? And we say, all right. Clean up the room. Oh, Dad, but I'm... Guys, clean up, stop whining, do right, blah, blah, blah. And if they don't obey, sometimes we say, nope, okay, we're not doing the thing. And they don't even know what the thing is. They didn't even know the thing was coming. And I wonder how many things that we miss out on because we weren't willing to trust and obey God. So children, obey your parents because it's going to go well. Just shut your yapper and clean the room and obey and be sweet. And you're going to arrive at Dairy Queen. It's going to be great. God has good plans for you. And children, he said, children, obey your parents because it's right. And there's a promise attached. It's going to go well with you. 
and your life is going to be extended. There's natural consequences that when you obey, it just goes well. Your life is extended because they per- obeying the dad to get out of the, don't play in the street means you don't get hit by the Mack truck. That's the natural consequence of the thing. But there's also a divine consequence. And what I mean by that is God Himself has bound Himself to this promise and has told children, if you obey your parent, I am going to bless you in a supernatural, divine way. So children, obey your parents. And I'm going to bless you. You want to know God's will? We talked about that earlier. Yes, I do. Who should I marry? Whoa, hold on. Obey your parent. Yeah, but where should I go to college? Hold on. Obey your parents. But what's my career? What what am I going to do? Hold on. Obey your parents. And I will bless you and guide you. And you'll get there. It'll be well with you. So children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Exodus 20, 12, that it may be well with thee and thou mayest live long on the earth. That word honor in verse 2 is an important word. Now, if I pulled out of my pocket a gold brick, which I don't have a gold brick, (laughs) and I called up, you know, Samuel Barber. I said, Samuel, come on up here. I'm going to give you this gold brick. And his hand's here. And I said, all right, catch this gold bar. And I drop it. What's the first thing he's going to notice about that gold bar? It's heavy. It's weighty. Because of the nature of gold, right? It's just it, Now, do we assign a lot of value to gold? I mean, who here would turn me down if I said, I'll give you a gold brick tonight. You just come and ask for it. I don't think anybody would turn me down. I think you'd walk away knowing that I don't have a gold brick. But we place high value on that gold. It, gold is useful, etc., right? But it's, it's, um, it is something that we as in our world place very high value on. We store it, right, for wealth, etc. And the, the word honor here is to assign weight, to assign value to. So, children, when you honor your parent, what you're saying is, <laughs> Mom, you're weighty. No, uh, uh, what, what you're saying as a child is that, Mom, Dad, your opinion and, and, and my value of you is heavy. So when I ask your advice or, or you give me a command, there's a scale in my heart. And over here is the world's pull and my peers, my friends, and what I want to do. And over here are my parents in the Word of God. And my parents are weighty. I, I honor them. I assign value and weight to them. And it tips the scale and I say, easy decision. My parents said I should do this. I'm going to do that. Because I honor them. And if you honor your parents, it's easy to obey. Because you've already assigned value to them. You say, they are valuable to me. I'm going to honor them. And it also helps us avoid those loopholes that we love to find. Son, why didn't you clean up the room? Well, technically, Dad, you didn't say blah, 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 blah. But we find the loophole, right? No, when we honor someone, we, we are looking for their intent. 
In the Army, we have what's called MDMP, Military Decision-Making Process. And in MDMP, there's, a, there's, a, there's steps upon steps upon steps. And one of the steps in the military decision-making process is receipt of mission. You get the mission, you get the order, and in the order, you're looking for something. You're looking for what's called the commander's intent. You don't get an order and go, okay, how can we obey this without really obeying? No. He's the commander. We're a team. There's a mission. What is he intending? What's his end state? What does he envision for, um, for, for the battalion or the, or the unit when we're through this? What does our commander want? Because they give him value. They honor him. Children, when your parents give you a command, can I help you with this? Honor them. Assign weight to what they say. Listen and obey. And obey in such a way that you are saying, Mom and Dad, I love you and I honor you and I'm going to do exactly what I think you want. Not just what I want to hear. We say clean up the room. Okay, kick it under the rug and throw it in the closet, you know. And you, Honey, you didn't clean your room. Yes, I did. You said clean it. No, what does mom want? She wants that place like we just moved in. I mean, boo, perfect. And when a child, I love this, when a child works hard and cleans and even gets the dustpan and like goes the extra mile, you don't know what that does for a parent child because that child didn't only obey, they honored. They met my intent. Folks, do you want peace in the home? Children, you have a direct impact on the, the quality of the air or the atmosphere in your home. Because when you're obeying with your parents' intent in mind, oh, it's a sweet thing. Um, the Bible says here, children, obey in verse 1. And it's interesting, when you look at um, the Old Testament, that word obey is almost synonymous with the word hear. When you see the word hear, it means hear with the intent to obey. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, etc., etc. And that word hear means listen with your full attention and, and do it. Lean in, actively listen. What's he trying to say? What's his intent? Right? Be like the detective who's interrogating, right? You're listening for that just detail that, oh, okay, I know what happened. I know what they're trying to say. I know what they mean. Lean in and listen, children. Obey, hear, pay attention. I think a favorite excuse of a child is, well, I didn't hear you. <laughs> Parents, are you there? Like, I didn't hear you say that. Okay, all the other kids heard me say it, and I was saying it at the top of my lungs, right? When your parent gives you a command, hey, children, do me a favor. Do your parents a favor. Do it in the Lord, and look your parents square in the eye and give them your fullest attention. Give them your heart. Honor them. Assign weight to their words, Right? Obey in such a way that shows to them that I love you and I consider your opinion to be weighty, valuable. Your words are valuable to me and I'm going to obey to meet your intent. So children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. It's the right thing to do and that's who you are. You should do the right thing. 
And when we don't, we muddy the water. We, we, we blur that light. It's confusing. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first command with a promise. And by the way, it's father and mother, kids. Give your mom and your dad an equal amount of respect that's due to them. Children, you, you, can, you can really hurt a parent by showing honor to one and not to another. Okay, honor thy father and thy mother. That it may be well with thee and that thou mayest live long on the earth. I hope, if Jesus doesn't come back, I hope that every child in this room will live into their 90s. And it'll be well with you. And you'll have children of your own and you'll, be, have, a, you'll have a wonderful home. If you want those things, you want to have a peaceful home when you grow up? You want to have a good marriage? You, you want... Um, to have your needs met and, and you know you want to have a, a job that's satisfying do you do you want those things you want success it starts right now at age you fill in the blank 5 10 12 13 18 when you obey your parents it, go, it goes well with you you live long on the earth all right so we talked about kids now we're going to switch gears to the parents a little bit and ye fathers, that's interesting that he says fathers, isn't it? Now why didn't he say, and you parents? Because going back a few verses, where does the spiritual condition rest squarely on the shoulders of the father? He's the leader. Now, within that leadership, mom is right there side by side with him, executing the vision accomplishing the mission, nurturing the children, raising them, etc. It's a team. They're one flesh. But I think God through Paul is here calling out the fathers and saying, Fathers, you are responsible for the home. And so take this matter very seriously. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That's an interesting command. Hey, hey dads, Let's not provoke our children to wrath. Provoke not your children to wrath. What in the world does that mean? When I see this, I think of the dog on the leash and I got the stick and I'm poking this, you know, the dog. And he's getting angry. And if that chain breaks, I'm a dead man, right? Um, I didn't do that. I'm just saying that's the picture that comes to my mind. Um, provoke not your children to wrath. I think there are a couple of ways that we can provoke our children to wrath. So I'm going to tell you how to do it so that you know what not to do, okay? I think that you can look at our world today and find angry kids, and the reason they're angry is because there was basically no, no love, no input, no time. The dad just wasn't there. He was a workaholic, he had his hobbies. He was checked out. He had his own goals and agendas. He just wasn't there. And that child is just left to, his, to himself. What does the Bible say about that? A child, um, oh, a child left to himself? A child left to himself brings his mother to shame. Because that child grows up and fulfills the lust of the flesh and devastates the, the mother estranged with the father, etc., etc. So dads, we have to be checked in. We have to be invested. And there are some families who 
uh, where the dad is working, the mom is working, they're gone all the time, that, you know, there's just no investment. I'm not saying that mom and dad working is, is wrong. That, don't, don't misunderstand me. I'm just saying they're too busy with their own careers and lives where children are almost a nuisance. And the excuse is often made that, well, I'm giving my kids all the things that I never had when I was a kid. So the bank account is full. At age 16, man, here's the keys to a brand new car. We give them everything that they could ever imagine. But yet he grows up an angry kid, bitter at his dad. Why? Because I gave him stuff, but I never gave him myself. So dads can be checked out and still provoke their children to wrath, giving them everything they want. But yet they grow up and say, my dad was never there for me. What do you mean your dad was never there for you? You have a Corvette. You have a house. You have this. You have that. Yeah, but my dad just, he wasn't interested in me. And they, they don't want your gifts. They want you. And I thank God that God is a, an example of a father who's invested. And he gave of himself. And dads, when you give of yourself your treasure, right? Time and attention, love and affection, your heart goes with it. And you, that's the way to win your, 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 your children. Provoke not your children to wrath. So that's one way that we can provoke them to wrath. So don't do that. Another way I think that we can provoke children to wrath is to be so heavy-handed that life is just all about rules and our image and you do this and don't get out of line and don't embarrass me and a tight ship. That can also provoke a child to wrath. And so we need to make sure that whether, hey, it's okay to be more strict. If that is, if that is your leadership style, as long as it's biblical and spirit-led, that's okay. But are you invested? Is, do, do your children see that even within these strict borders that you put down for me, there's love and affection and nurture and care and time and attention. And if you're more laid back, relaxed, that's okay. That can be a leadership style as long as it's biblical and spirit-led. Maybe it's a personality thing. But do your children see that you're there, you love them? Affection, kindness, care, nurture. All right, so fathers, the responsibility is ours. We lead the home with mom right at our side, nurturing the children, raising the children. Don't provoke your children to wrath. That's so important. Is there a bond between father and children that they want to obey you? It's easy to honor. When a husband loves his wife the way Christ loved the church, it's easy to submit. And when a, a father leads the home, and specifically his children, in a way as Christ leads and loves the church, it's easy to honor that father and obey that father. Now, this is a, a really wonderful statement here. Next uh, half of verse 4. So you know what not to do. Don't provoke them to wrath, Dad. Rather, bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So I have an illustration tonight. I want to show you real quickly. I make a little bit of a mess. Don't worry, Rachel, nothing permanent. Just, I'll clean it up. <laughs> All right, so this, hope you can see it, is a duffel bag. 
Okay, I saw, <laughs> she just cringed a little bit. Oh, it reminds me of boot camp, right? This is a duffel bag, and you get issued a duffel bag. Um, do you know what you can put in duffel bag? Anybody know? One more thing. It seems like when this thing's full, you can get one more thing in there. You just cram it down in there, right? So, the Bible says that we as fathers are to bring up children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And that phrase, bring up, is a very interesting one. Um, the word bring up means to stiffen or fatten. I thought that was interesting. It all has the idea of through discipline and nurture, bring up. Okay, stiffen or fatten, I thought. Stiffen or fatten, what does that mean? Am I supposed to fatten up my kids, you know? Uh, all right, eat that cake, son. Yay, we love dad. You know, I got to fatten you up. Well, okay, so this duffel bag, I thought this would be a good illustration. Right now, it's kind of flimsy, right? But do you know how to stiffen up a duffel bag? Do you know how to fatten up a duffel bag? You put stuff in it. So I got my winter gear here, lots of it, and boots. They even give me some nice... Big old boots that I've worn maybe once in my whole career. And warm underwear right there. You got it. Got to have that, right? Socks and gloves and gaiter for my neck. And just you stiffen the bag by putting stuff inside, right? So I got, what else do I got there? I don't know. More underwear, <laughs> gloves. It's, uh, okay, nice hand towel, some got to have a travel pillow when you're out in the field or whatever, and then more underwear, sorry about that, <laughs> towel, I mean, you can just, you can keep stuffing stuff in there, got my, my whoobie, my blanket, eagle's blanket there, no, really, that's what we, not this, but the army blanket is called a whoobie, okay, uh, guys make jackets out of them, and all right, so what happened to the bag? It got stiff. It got fat. And what, now what can it do? It can stand up on its own. And the goal of a father is to stiffen or fatten up the child through nurture. Feed them. Love them. Teach them. Rebuke them. Invest in them. And it's not, don't jam it down their throat, right? Pop like a tick, okay? But gently nurture and, and feed and pour into your child. And what happens, I'm out of breath, stuff in my bag. Uh, what happens is you stiffen or you fatten, you bring up, now it's upright, you bring up that child. And now that child is strong, hardened, fed, and, and now they can stand upon their own two feet. And in the next ch uh, portion of this chapter, that's the third part of the book of Ephesians. Sit, walk, stand. And so as fathers are loving their wives and raising their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, that home can stand against the wiles of the devil can stand against the tide of the world, can stand and light the lamp and hold it high for the world to see clearly to be drawn to Jesus. 
Fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath, but rather bring them up. Stiffen and fatten them by nurturing. And nurturing, again, isn't jamming down the throat. You're going to know the Bible. You're going to obey the Bible. Is that nurturing? No, that nurturing is gentle. It's feeding in such a way that's, that you, you care for the, for the individual. You consider their needs. I remember one day I was with the teenagers back in my old church in New Jersey, and we were going door to door, and one of the young kids walked over something, and I saw it kind of go like this. It looked like it was in pain. It was a little baby squirrel, little tiny thing. I was like, oh, and so I named him Rocky, you know, Rocky Bowwinkle, and I scooped him up, and I, it had ants all over it. It was, it was bad. So wiped all the ants off, took him home, wrapped him in a little hand towel, put him in a cup, and I nurtured that squirrel. I went out and got a little dropper and I got some food and, and would, I, would I take like a hamburger? You know, open up, Rocky! You know, no. I didn't jam it down his throat. You're going to get fat one way or the other. You're going to make it, right? No, I, I gently nurtured that squirrel. And in, I need to understand that squirrel's condition. And I need to know what they can handle. I need a gentle touch and an understanding heart. Right? I need the Holy Spirit to, to lead me and guide me in this matter. It's interesting that the Bible tells husbands to dwell with their wives according to knowledge. How, do the, how does the husband gain that knowledge of his wife? Well, he listens to her. He pays attention to her. He finds out what she likes to do. I got laughed at a couple weeks ago because I said, what do ladies like to do, you know? I need to figure that out. I need to know what my wife likes. Husbands, you need to do that so you can dwell with your wife according to knowledge. She's going to go through, through things and someday she might just cry and you're going, ah, what's going on? I don't understand this. Well, try to be understanding. Try to understand what she's going through. Listen to what she's saying. Listen for that intent. Actively listening. Do the same with your children. Be there, listen, invest, so that you understand their conditions. Okay, I, I know they're not ready for this truth yet, or they're not ready for this responsibility yet, or I need to explain this truth a little bit differently, etc., etc. Uh, so nurture them. Bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. How was it that uh, Jesus led his disciples? He understood their understanding, if that makes any sense. There were times when he was teaching a truth and he perceived, <laughs> these guys don't get it. And so he took them aside. He took the time. Fathers, let's raise up our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Nurturing is gentle, not jamming down the throat. Don't provoke them to wrath by neglecting them or being too heavy-handed. Ask the Holy Spirit for the wisdom to know, Lord, help me understand my child's needs. Help me to understand where they are so that I can feed them properly for, and give them what they're ready for so that they can stand on their own. And that's the goal. The goal is for that child one day to stand on their own two feet, to take the journey and to fight the devil with everything that the devil will throw at them, we can't keep them in our home sheltered forever. Boy, there's so much more that I could say. Maybe 
Another time we'll talk about it. I know there are questions as far as, well, when, when is the point when the children no longer has to obey the parent? Well, uh, I think that if there's a sense of honor and the father is such that he says, my goal is for them to stand on their two feet, then there's a willingness to say, okay, he's an independent person now because you know them, right? And now they, they, he's a husband and he has children and okay, so I'm going to respect that. But you look at Abraham and you look at the patriarchs, were there not times when the patriarch called upon his married children and said, come and gather and do this, etc.? There was still honor. There was still, I think it was a mutually respectful relationship we shouldn't have this attitude oh, oh i'm out of the house i'm married dad don't you tell me what to do is that honor now the father should also have the perspective that he he's a married man he's leading his children i'm going to let the holy spirit lead him in this matter but hopefully that relationship is such that um there may be times when that dad has to say son i notice this and there should be respect to say, yeah, okay, you know what? That's right, I'm going to obey that. That's a whole other discussion. I know there are exceptions to that rule as far as when the parents are not walking with God, they give a command that is contrary to His Word, but I just don't have the, the bandwidth for that. That takes Holy Spirit wisdom. That takes counsel. That takes a Christian who is conditioned by the Word of God, led by the Spirit, with a heart of submission to navigate those waters. We can sit here all day and pick the exceptions to all the rules, can't we? But Christian, ask yourself, where is your heart? Is your heart such that I'm obeying this person as best as I can because it's as unto the Lord? Are you doing it unto the Lord and are you doing it in the Lord? Because it's the only way it can be done. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank You for this passage that tells us that as a Christian we should be in submission and that when we submit to our authority whether that's a wife to a husband um, a husband to a boss a child to a parent we're doing it as though we're doing it to the Lord and Lord remind us that we can't do this unless we're doing it in the Lord we need to be abiding. We need to be drawing from His life, dying to ourselves daily. Dear God, give us hearts of submission. Give us the ability and wisdom and skill and strength to lead our homes. God, make us lights that shine clearly to the world. And Lord, bring us up so that we can stand against the wiles of the devil, fight the good fight, honor God, and bring people to yourself. Lord, I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.